Recording. Uh, me and Micah, we always do a three count before we uh, record these episodes. And uh, he started his count on one, I started mine on three, but we made it work on time. That was impressive. <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode nine of the Guilty Party Podcast. This is Patrick Matson and your other co-host, Micah Labras. Uh, a little behind right. the scenes on this episode is we already had this episode recorded, but due to my lack of audio knowledge... I sent Micah my file, and it turned out to be shitty. And I didn't want to release, or we didn't want to release uh, any any. Yeah, content. let's go with the we. Yeah, any content that was subpar for you guys, because we care. We're here for you. Pretty much, I called them up and I said, uh, "We can't use that shit, so you gotta figure some shit yeah, out." Yeah, you're like, bro, why don't you go? Why don't you go <laughs> re- record the podcast by yourself and talk to yourself? Since, <laughs> Grow up, bro. You, Grow up. Since you wasted three hours of my time. <laughs> I was like, when you sent me the text, I was like, oh, shit, we can't use it. But but like we said a lot of cool things like anybody out there. I, I know. Have you ever been in that you know, maybe- situation where like you you had something like awesome? Maybe it was like a letter or you had like a train of thought that was so dope. And then when it came time to present it, you were just like, oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, or like you listen back and you're like, wow, that's nothing like what I wanted it to sound that like. That too, yes. That's <laughs> that's me in the studio all the time. I have to go through like 50,000 takes before I'm happy. <laughs> but yeah, dude, with so much that's what it is. So much drama in the world, there's no lack of doing these podcasts, which is a good thing for people out there and a bad thing for the world. So uh, I guess our podcast, uh, I guess we, we profit off of bad shit, but we don't profit because we don't ask people for money. Where do we stand? Not yet. Where do we stand? Yeah, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Give it time. Yeah, we, we're still developing a guilty podcast, uh, the guilty podcast cash app uh, username. So we'll we'll drop that on you at some point. Um, exactly. But anyway, speaking of money, um, the stimulus bill. Um, gosh, I don't. That that's starting to piss me. I don't off. think anything has ever, as far as just speaking on the stimulus here. I don't think anything has ever proved how much our Congress in House or just the politicians in D.C. cannot work together no matter fucking what. Like, no matter what. Like, they cannot get anything done together. It is just straight up war and and just... This should be the biggest indicator that it doesn't matter what party you affiliate with. They are going to bone us no matter what if they are, their personal interests aren't you know met. Well, yeah, I think like, I think I, everyone is cl- claiming to be like the Republicans or like the best of this or the Democrats. I'm like, bro, they're trying to pass a bill to get money to, in the hands of people who actually need it, and it's taken them two months to t- try and figure it out. Well, think of think about it this way: with the people that you lean on the most in these times, right? Well, and obviously we haven't been through these times in our lifetime, but the ones that many millions of Americans are depending on, which is the politicians or the representatives of their state, are failing them because they cannot work together. So we are left with the opinions of people, the consensus of people that are just backbiting and being childish to help out America in its critical state. And they can't even get it done when they know that it's time urgent, or I'm, sh- I'm sorry, time sensitive for one, 
But it's also very, 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 very crucial that they get this out because there's there's people going back, losing their jobs. There's businesses closing again. Um, I, w- I know. I was doing DoorDash for a while. And, uh, well, I still do it, but it's not like too much. Um, but when I yeah, was yeah. doing it, I would notice just being out and driving a lot, a lot of places are still closing down. And I got to say that if you see businesses closing down in Texas, people, uh, it's pretty shitty for the rest of the nation out there because our economy's pretty kick A. So, uh, yeah. if it's happening here, imagine else, you know, where it's happening. Um, but it's, it also, well, it's crazy that yeah. politicians is just in general right now, the way they're acting. So in California, they, um, they passed something where they required Lyft and Uber to make their employees, um, actually like, um, uh, W2 like type employees. Really? That's interesting. And they were, yeah. So they passed that. I want to say like a few weeks ago. And basically, both companies were like, hey, um, it might have been just Lyft. It might have been both, but I think it was mainly Lyft. They were basically like, hey, like, that's the reason why that we have our employees set up as a contract, you know, employee or a 1099, because then they have a flexibility. They don't they're not obligated to meet any requirements, you know, for our company. They can drive whenever. And a lot of the drivers were like upset about that. And it came to the point where Lyft was like, okay, hey, we're not going to be able to restructure to figure out how we're going to address this in time. So they're just shutting down operation fully in the state of California. Hold on. Lyft. And this was something that was. Lyft is shutting down fully? So they did. Whoa. They passed it out. That was about, I think, a few days. And then um, I believe, I want to say, and I'll have to look at the exact uh, information on this. California like gave them an extension of like 30 or 60 days. And so Lyft came back and said, okay, we're going to extend it. You can keep working until we kind of figure out how we're going to address this. And I'm like, we're still in, in the middle of a pandemic. This is, this is the best time you think that you need to pass something to supposedly help the workers. Like I know that Lyft and um, Uber have had issues over the years and there've been some lawsuits on what's fair and what's not. But at the same time, it's like when you run a company if your employees don't meet a certain criteria, they don't qualify to be a full-time employee or get certain benefits. Right. And that's basically what they were trying to do. I'm like, well, that's not going to help anyone. And so now you just bon- boned like a ton of people out of work because, you know, that company is not going to be able, you know, to, wh- whether it's fair or not, whether it's right or not, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you still have a business to run Well, and you have to run it here's, the best way you can. Here's my hot take if you own a business or let's just put it in the scenario of like Lyft is you back a company into a corner, they have the ability or they have the choice to be like, well, screw you. I'm taking my product and I'm going elsewhere. You know, like there, it's yeah. not a communist uh, dictatorship we run here. So it's like free enterprise. I can have this company. I navigate around it and on how I work it. Okay, I'm using 1099 employees. And this is how this is how I make my money is they get to make money. I get to make money off of them making money. This is how we have my business this is also gives people a opportunity to one receive a ride, two give a ride. So you can make money, spend money, but you still get to where you're trying to go. And now they have tried to implement a W two on our workers, and that was never the case when we were in a in our normalcy. Uh, so now we have to. Now they're taking us and making us adapt to where we cannot adapt. So we're taking our product and we're going elsewhere. All that did was they put so much pressure on that instead of a win-win scenario, driver, uh, consumer. Now it's a lose-lose scenario. People can't book on that. Uber doesn't, I know for a fact, Uber doesn't have as many drivers out there 
people are having, like I booked yeah. an Uber the other day and had to wait like 35, 40 minutes because, you know, just lack of lack of drivers out there. So now everything's flexed on one company, which is kind of good for Uber, I guess, unless they are met with the same ultimatum. Yeah, I just looked at it. So <laughs> this is coming from the Daily Pilot um, that both companies were hit with that um, requirement. It was something put into effect. Uh, let's see where it's at. Well, if both companies were hit... Then you have both taking the yeah, product were, and going elsewhere. Then holy crap, um, California is just not looking too good. You got people packing up and leaving. Now you can't even get a. Uh, you can't even get a damn. Ride. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that apparently they filed in a. Um, what is it? They filed. They they filed an appeal, so they were extended um, a few weeks. And basically, they were like, "Hey, if we can't figure out by the end of this few weeks, or if we're not, if this appeal doesn't go through, then we're going to have to just suspend service because we can't do a, 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 re, a company rehaul, you know, that quick for the, yeah. the state of California." So that's just so stupid. Yeah, dude, it's Some dumb. Of the, that goes back to the point of like the the stimulus right now, where it's like, if your main goal was to get money into the hands of people who actually needed it, the reason why we've we've had such a um, a pushback on both sides of the parties is because they have other stuff in the agenda they want to get through. To me, if it, at the end of the day, like it's all about getting the bottom line done. The bottom line is to get a certain amount of money into the hands of people who actually need it. So pass that bill and then worry about the other ones. But like anything else in politics, they're always trying to attack something else along the line in order to get it passed. Right. And that's what's pissing the crap out of me. Oh, it's totally. like, uh, why are you guys doing this? You guys are pushing hands like right now. Evictions are on the rise, which I know that we we had the um, the four executive orders from um, President Trump that you know one of them was like um, companies didn't have to file uh, employment tax or anything like that. And so I, I was doing some research on that, and the problem is like there's nothing to say that whoever wins in November. That Congress is going to honor that um, that agreement, that executive order that Trump said, like in 2021. So the the problem that companies are going to run into is like, okay, well, I didn't, you know, take out any taxes on any of my employees' um, paychecks. Now I'm going to get hit by the IRS in 2021 to pay all that back. What's to say they're actually going to do it? Yeah, exactly. Um, things can be voted or switched, and you have a new regime that takes over or a or the same one that stays in office, and uh, it's kind of, and this is the problem. The problem is, is there's so much fighting on the red and, uh, and the blue uh, that no one's meeting in the middle. I mean, thus we have this stimulus thing. They've been in talks for over a month now, um, and then they even took a break on us. And so it's like, golly, that you know, I know that break would piss me off. I'm like, you guys are taking a break while the rest of us are suffering. Oh yeah, well you y'all get think. to go back to your high rises. You got to think we have people that took that break and this is I'm not going to name anyone, but everyone knows who it is. All you got to do is look it up. But these people that take the break, they've been in as they've been a politician for 20 plus years, some 40 plus. So this is just another day in the park uh, to where the American uh, citizen. This is not an everyday walk in the park because we've never been through a pandemic. We've never had to rely on, well, some families or some businesses rely on government assistance to carry them through month by month on this. And so they take a break in the middle of that. They can't get along. They're trying to say, okay, well, we'll pass this stimulus and we can take care of the Americans, but y'all have to take care of me first. And that's kind of both parties there. And so now it's become this like selfish game. But the problem is, is it's so bad right now because we're coming into election season. 
So they're trying to pass this. Yeah. They're trying to pass this. Everything has to do with November. I mean, I've said it in previous podcasts that it's all a buildup to November. Um, this is all for election season, and the stimulus is in, is in, in that same ballpark. The stimulus is going to be combated and combated um, because I honestly think, and this is my hot take, I honestly think that it's being combated so much is because there's a lot of people in this world that are enjoying a collapsing economy. Not just the anarchists, but, I mean, let's not lie. There's politicians out there that are enjoying this collapse in economy due to the face that runs the nation as chief in command. And they are not happy about that. And so a collapsing economy only weakens that and only helps them. So I feel, and this is my hot take again, that they're combating this stimulus so much because when when the last time we got that stimulus check, what happened? I saw a lot of people at restaurants. I saw a lot of people ordering out. I saw a lot of people, Amazon Prime, on everybody's front door. I mean, people put that money back into the economy. Not essentially they blew it, but they spent a lot of it if not all of it, on on other things because some saved through this. Now, there's some families that are going to have to put that to bills and, and, and do that stuff, and that's perfectly fine and everything. I mean, they need it to carry them through. But this stimulus yeah. package pumps money back into the economy. So let's just say, let's just make up a scenario here in my town. If Joe Schmo's pit barbecue down the street is going under, And all of a sudden that stimulus check hits and everyone's just craving barbecue that week. Well, he just made two, three months worth of income and gets to stay open, you know, because everyone's got an extra 2,400, 1,200 bucks. And so they're eating barbecue through the week, you know, and it it happens to bring him up. Well, that's one business saved. And it's because of that repumping an economy. Um, I don't think anybody's really spending frivolously or spending at all uh, because they're I mean, the future is bleak. No one knows if they should be saving. I mean, you should always be saving, but everyone doesn't know how much to save. If anything's going back, if they're going to have a job, there's so much on the line. And that's why it all comes yeah. down to November. Yeah, November is going to be uh, interesting. And we'll get to that because I want to talk about like how we kind of feel in our predictions on it. But the fact that everything is having to lead up to it is just it's it's sucking for a lot of people and there's still a lot of things that i feel like and again i i do think it has to do with the mainstream news and and everything else but there's certain topics that are really being exploited right now um and then the little things that actually have to do with day in day in life that actually like you know helps this us economy and the, the everyday you know family whether you're making you know a million bucks a year or you know, 20,000 a year. I feel like those are the things that are being, um, you know, missed upon right now. And it just, it sucks that our society has gone to the point where everything has to be politicized. Yes. You know, we're, we're at the point where our, our stimulus bill should be there to help people that actually need it. And for those that have maybe barely scraped by that, it's just going to help them like put some cushion in case something else happens along those lines that hasn't been passed. They've been at this for a month. <clears throat> We've got so many um, other things that are happening uh, along the lines. We still have a, in case any of you guys forgot, we still have a homelessness problem. Yeah. That hasn't gone away. Yeah. We still have a sex trafficking problem. That hasn't gone away. Nope. We have a, a problem where we have inner cities haven't been addressed because of either mismanagement or no one gives a hell about, you know, their 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 status you know and their place in this this world but yet we want to politicize and we want to talk about everything else that seems to make it most important because you know why 
because it doesn't affect our bottom line or the you know our politicians' bottom line. Yeah, if and we so start, when it comes to like either side of like who's gonna win, you know, all that stuff, who's better than the other person, at that point, I don't know, man. It just it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's all it is right now. Dude, you know what it feels like? Is it feels like um, it feels like one really bitchy Karen is running everything. It's like, okay, no, no, that can't stay open. Okay, that can. And it's like everything's loosely kind of put together. It feels like, I mean, obviously now more than ever, people are aware that civilians are just pawns in the chess game because we've been yanked around. We've been lied to. We've been had information hidden from us, numbers fabricated, the whole thing. And we're just being ju- and told what to do and how to proceed moving forward. And it's like we're waiting for our orders every day. Well, then when it's time to collect the check that we've been told we're going to get as far as like assistance. Hey, I know it's been rough on you civilians. So here's some comfort money, uh, but we'll get it to you when we want, you know, and it's like uh, when we want keyword. Oh, totally. We have people that still haven't gotten the first round of stimulus checks. Yes, exactly. And uh, and then there's people that businesses that I know a lot of people here in my town that work at a specific place and that specific owner is not opening up. And so this stuff is done because he doesn't make money off of a 25% or to 50% capacity. So he's not opening up. He's staying closed in case anything happens. Also, he's probably fearful of COVID like, you know, everybody else that's a business owner that's not open. And so he's, you know, he's not opening up. So what does that mean? That means the employees that were working under that establishment are under unemployment. And they're just, they're just collecting it and collecting it, right? When... When, if they drop this thing, we could be open again. We could be doing these things and stop fabricating numbers. You're clearly up to something. We can reopen this economy and get people back to normal because all we're doing right now is building this tension and, the, and, and everyone's trying their hardest to get by with scraps. And then, and then when hoping, hoping that the world goes back to normal, but we've been stuck in this new norm since hell, uh, late February, early March. And so yeah. this seems like the new norm. It seems like we can't move past this. It seems like this is what we'll, we will be stuck with for you know the rest of our life because we've been stuck in it so long that this new norm has now become familiar. And that's a problem. We're familiar with this new norm uh, of wearing a mask in public. Everyone's a threat. Don't touch me. Elbow bumps, nose hugs, and 50%, 25% capacity. And if you're not wearing a mask, you're subject to be yelled at. If you are wearing a mask, you're subject to be yelled at. Um, from somebody that you know doesn't agree because like you said earlier Micah everything is politicized now and so we're in this kind of we're in this yeah, war it's an unfortunate thing yeah we're in this war but it's an it's a new generation of war it's a war that's fought with words on social media it's a war that's fought with cancellations cancel culture it's a it's a war with mobs now um, ganging up on people going into suburban homes and telling them to get out of their houses um, and, and because they don't deserve to live in it due to e- equality and economics and all this stuff. It's something like we've never seen before, but there's a sense and you can disagree or not, or agree with me on this, but don't you feel there is a sense of allowing that is going on with, with these, um, with these like protests, with these people marching into suburban homes with the 50% capacities with just this fearful thing that's being propagated, but sustained. Oh yeah, no, no, it's 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 everywhere. I mean, we're we're still seeing it in Portland. I mean, you have to be living under a rock to not know that there's still 
you want to say processing, but it's really rioting. I mean, the amount of damage that they've caused in Portland, I think, has gone up to the tens of millions, if not more. Um, they're still having issues. A lot of cops in that area, you know, whether you feel whatever you feel about cops, that's something in itself, you know, whoever's listening. But I mean, they've had so many cops just quit because the amount of pressure, the amount of hate and the amount of violence that they've experienced, you know, whenever they go out, it's just, I mean, the last uh, major thing I saw, this cop was like, you know what? You guys won. I'm out. I I can't take any more of this. Get what you get. Because all it is, it's, it's, it's not of like a thing of right versus wrong in the sense of like, hey, you know, you're breaking the law or anything, or anything else like that. You've got people that are exercising the right of protesting something and then taking it to a new level. And there's no backlash. There's no um, consequences for when things go beyond the the sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you think? And it's like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, like, I don't know if that's going to like it could start happening anywhere. You know, we, we thought, you know, that that could never happen, you know, stuff like that. And then we see like here in Texas, Austin loses a third of their um, their their um, funding for the um, Austin PD. Now, I, I saw some of the stats and like, oh, well, it's actually not like uh, the third they lost. You know, part of this is going to this. Another part of that is going to this is actually not going to like be reevaluating. But at the same time, two things. One, it sets a trend that, you know, you can just defund the police and you're not going to see any consequences of that, which I don't buy. I mean, we're always seeing that in New York. New York violence has gone on the rise. I mean, it's so much. I think the amount of homicides they've seen has like doubled um, in the last couple months since they've um, started defunding the police and they're taken out out of certain spots. Sure. And the funny thing about that is like the people, the residents there are like, hey, we didn't ask for this. So there's like no point for us calling 911 because no one's going to come to our aid. Exactly. Please hold. Yeah, exactly. So we're seeing that here in Austin. Who knows where else that's going to be. And it, it sets a really scary trend right now. I mean, luckily... You know, say what you want about Governor Abbott. There's something. There's a lot of things that I think he's done really poorly in the last few years. But he did say um, he passed some type of legislation by basically like, hey, if you start um, defunding the police in your city, you lose. um, uh, I want to say it's property taxes or the ability to like increase them. Something along those lines. Like, hey, don't be effing around. Okay, we're Uh, not doing this here in Texas. Yeah, we're not doing it. Well, I mean, Texas would put a stop to that shit because also we can't forget that the same thing that's happening in New York is happening in Chicago. And, uh, in both of those places, everyone has to remember they're gun free zones. You come bringing that shit down to Texas and you're not going to have to just worry about the police, bro. Everyone's holding down here, but also everyone has a sense of patriotism down here and they're not going to go with that, that, protesting that rioting shit it's not going to happen you can do that in your gun free zones where for some odd reason there's so many killings but so many guns but guns are against the law there it's a weird thing right and yeah uh, i mean it, that that's what makes me like wonder about this election which we'll get into at, at some point i'm sure but <clears throat> you know i've heard that um harris has talked about doing a gun buyback you know program 
And if that's done on the federal level, like how does that affect here in Texas? Where I'm sure I have to believe, I'm sure it's Texas, Montana, and probably one of the state I'm forgetting about that probably has the highest, you know, capita, um, you know, per household for for guns. I'm not going to say how many I have or anything along those lines, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, it's like what are you going to do down here? Like I, I've heard the argument in, in Texas, like, hey, you know, we're slowly becoming a uh, a democratic state. You know, they're going to start taking away our rights. And here's the reason why I don't think that's going to happen. We have a lot of people in this state that I've I've talked to um, that feel a certain way, but they're just letting things ride out. They're not very vocal about it. They just, they sit there, they, they do, they live their life. They don't worry about their neighbor. They just worry about themselves and they go on about their way. But the minute that that start, you know, affects their bottom line, their family, their house, yeah. whatever it is, that's when they're going to like, okay, we got an issue and we're going to put an end to this crap. Oh yeah. Cause that's not happening here. Bro. In Texas, there's a lot of grannies that pack, bro. And when I mean pack, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't mean packing, you know, my clothes cause I'm going away and I stayed a week in a grandma's house. I'm saying, <laughs> oh, Granny's got a 380 in that person. She knows how to use it. And uh, so, I mean, dude, down here, Texas is a lot different. But the problem I see, and, and I will say problem, because I do believe it is, is a lot of people from these, these blue states, gun-free zone type states, are now coming to Texas in droves. And they're moving here. And so it's like, okay, well, you remember why you left your shitty ass state to come to Texas the Great because your policies they don't they don't they don't fly down here. So try to remember that shit because if you're bringing your California to Texas, it's gonna be rebuked. And as far as your gun free shit, and I'm telling you, dude, <clears throat> Texas would be the last to go with but the, here's with the gun free thing. Like that's never yeah, gonna happen. Yeah. You know. But here's the here's the beauty about Texas. We're the kind of people that, you know, you can say all you want about how you feel about stuff. We're we're going to tell you how we feel about it and we'll still love you at the end of the day. We might smack you on the back of the head a few times to get your head on straight. But then day, you're allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to think the way you want. It's not going to affect us. But just we're going to let you know, like, hey, this is how we feel. This is how it is. You're not going to change it. You can have your opinions. You can do whatever you want, and it's not going to bother us. But this is how it is. Yeah, and, it's, and I think that that's what makes us different from any other state. Versus like, hey, we're going to get right in your face and we're going to start a fight because you think different. Like, nah, no, nah. no. We've we've been here. We'll be here when you leave. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's not going to change anything. <laughs> no, I don't think it will. But I think you know, with people leaving, they always try to enforce policies and. And I just see a lot of people coming this way, and I'm just like, dude, don't forget why you left because this is a different state. But also, I gotta say, is that don't don't you find it funny that when people leave their shitty ass place wherever they were, and they're like, I'm gonna go this because it's you know the grass is greener on the other side mentality, and they're like, I'm gonna move here for a fresh start. It'll be better there. But then they try to bring that shit that they left to that new place. That's always stifle me. But it's it's almost like human nature. It's because you're so familiar with your old settings that you're like, well, let's, let's bring them here. And I'm not saying everyone does that, but we do see a lot of people that, well, I have seen a lot of people that up and move and now we're neighbors or now we're friends and you're not from Texas. You didn't grow up here and neither. I mean, I grew up in Texas, but I left, I had some West coast 
culture in my life, but still, it's the same thing. Yeah. And uh, and then they're like, oh, you know, I left that place because it was so shitty and it was this, this, and that. And it's like, oh, well, cool. And they're like, I hate Texas because Texas is so this, this. And I'm like, then why'd you leave, homie? Like, <laughs> like straight up, why did you leave if you're going to come to a place and shit on it for for its policies? It's like you could have just stayed and been happy in your misery with the policies that you support but oddly don't, just don't realize it. I've always found that stifling. Um yeah, and I I do think that that changes after a while. Like I do think that like people who've got that kind of mentality or or attitude once they come here, they have that for a while and they realize like why we all get along as a state and why we're probably the biggest thriving state just mm. because of like how we act with each other. Like, yes, you know, we we have our our, our reasons, but we have a lot of freedom over here that we don't take for granted. And we're very quick to like, hey, that's not happening here. You're not taking that away. I mean, listen, Texas has been the only state in the United States that's been its own country twice. And there's been like there, over the last 20 years, I can't tell you how many um, ballots or um, I forget what they call them. Basically, where you have to get a certain amount of uh, signatures to uh, take it to uh, petitions. The state. Yeah, petitions. There you go. Thank you. Petitions to uh, make Texas another country again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we so, have it. So we, it. Yeah, we have it. We can succeed. And I, I feel like that like every person that comes here eventually is like, okay, you know what? I identify as a Texan. You know, I might have a, a, a liberal way of thinking about whatever X, Y, and Z it is, and that's fine. We, 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 you know, we don't have an issue with it. But at the end of the day, you're going to become a Texan. When you live past here, I think, two to five years, you just kind of transition to that where you still have, you know, your thoughts and feelings about stuff. But at the end of the day, you're not, you're, you're not regretting the reason why I moved to the great state of Texas. And that's how I'll leave it on that. No, dude, I think you're a hundred percent spot on. I think uh, <laughs> I'll just close on this particular subject that if you're leaving a place because it's so shitty and you're trying to bring that shittiness to a great state like Texas, or let's say you're uprooting to another state and you're trying to bring your same, crap there that you left i think you're only worsening it for the people that didn't know you were coming didn't want you to come and then you're projecting your bullshit on them um i think that if you do that you're kind of a piece of shit so i'm sorry (laughs) 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 that's just how i feel hey you know what you're getting into yeah you're gonna have to just endure the hate you get for a while until you either transition to being a texan or you leave boom you nailed it so that's uh, it so, yeah, what uh, else we got? Congress and the Senate passed that stimulus so you can help people out because, you know, people don't trust you and no one's giving up their guns. So if you try to take the guns or you put somebody in as a running mate, like, I don't know, uh, Camilla Harris, and she's vocal about taking your guns, I think you're going to run into a little thing because I don't think anybody's going to uh, one. I don't think anybody trusts the government at all. I think more than ever. I don't think many did before. Yeah, I think probably 50 50, maybe. But now, for sure, no one really trusts the government 100%. And so what everyone did during the pandemic more than anything was how many people did you see get guns? I mean, guns were flying off the shelves, bro. Um, I I won't say what I was trying to find, but my brother-in-law and I have been trying to find a certain um, item or serial number or product number. And you can't. I can't find it, and they won't tell me it's going to be back in stock. Yeah, exactly. So that should be an indicator of how we feel about uh, the government and probably each other. Let's be honest. 
we fear the government, but we also fear each other because at the end of the day, it feels like that we can't have an honest conversation with our neighbor without worrying about how they're going to react. Well, yeah. I and mean, with so all the riots and stuff, we're like, uh, what's to say that's not going to come out of my house? And again, I don't mean to like turn this into a, a gun argument. doesn't matter how you feel about it, but that's just kind of the climate that we're in. You have to realize that's the truth of the matter. Oh, yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is like support guns or don't support guns. Uh, no one cares anymore because everyone everyone's like, yo, I got my gun and it's the only thing I do trust is because like you see these riots, you see innocent people. Dude, I don't know. You know, every time we research like certain topics, which is always good for the listener out there, research your shit. Every time mm-hmm. I re- every time I research, dude, I come before I can get to the main substance of what I'm trying to research. I have to go through five, six new videos a day of people just getting knocked out, bro. Like people getting drunk in these riots and there's like new ones surfacing. Oh, look what happened yesterday in so-and-so location. Dude was yanked out. Like I watched one today. Dude was yanked out of his truck. Um, they Like he, he parked. People came over to it, started slamming on the door. So what's your first inclination? You're not going to be like, you're not going to roll down your window and be like, is there a problem? No, they're already they're already they're already screwing up your you truck. You knew there were a problem when they were twenty feet away. Totally. And they're already like screwing up this dude's truck. They're punching it, kicking it, like trying to break the glass. So what does he do? He pulls away. And honestly, he didn't even try to hit anybody. So what do these assholes do? Is they lay on the ground so he can't go, right? So it's like, well, now if you go, you have to be beaten or be charged for murder. Like, dude, it puts a human being in a hell of a situation. All he all he was trying to do is probably go home, right, after work. And now all of a sudden you hit, you hit a stoplight and it was just by sure fate that you run into 20, 30 people that just want to screw up your truck. So now you're trying to get yeah. out of there and you can't because now they're laying down. So if you run over them, you're going to be a convicted murderer. And so it's like, well, what's my other option? Your other option is we, let, we drag you out of this truck and we beat you senseless and to the point where you might die or you might not. The, uh, the choice is yours. If you fight back, uh, you might die. If you don't and just take it, well, you might have brain damage for the rest of your life. But if you move that truck and stay safe, you'll be a convicted murderer. So it puts a human, uh, human in a hell of a position. It's so awful that you would have to even make that choice. I know a choice I'm yeah. making. But I mean, it's uh, it's but still- and that's the, the 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 I wouldn't say a good thing, but it's the unique thing about us living in Texas. But like in other states, we don't have that type of freedom, right? And, so and that's most why of these it videos sucks. Yeah, most of these videos are coming from other states because, oh, dude, every damn video I see that's like that, I'm like, shit wouldn't happen in Texas. <laughs> that wouldn't happen in Texas. This would not yeah. happen because somebody would come to somebody's aid. Um, people are very protective around here, but there's a sense of. Uh, of respect, I should say. And I'm not trying to put Texas on like the pedestal, but it is a different culture as opposed to the rest of the world. And I and Micah can comment on that because we spent most of our lives, if most of our careers traveling this nation, touring and talking to the locals in specific areas all around. I've played 48 States, uh, you know, uh, shy of, well, 47. I've never been to Maine and, Hawaii, and I haven't played a show in Hawaii or Alaska. I don't know many many people that do, but if you have, props to you. Um, but we spent right. we spent our careers traveling this place and talking to these people. We know that there's a cultural difference. There is a um, there is a carrying yourself difference out there, and that's why I always say, man, like I don't think that would really happen here. Now I could be wrong. It could happen here, 
but there's going to be an end result that is either re- revenge or there's going to be justice served, in my opinion. I just think, um, I just think that's a hell of a decision, dude. You're put, you're put, you're in your truck. I'm sorry, you're in your truck and you're put in in that predicament of either get beat the hell up or try to get out of here and these people are laying down so I have to run over them. Or if I reverse, uh, they're laying down back there so they've cased you in. It's like, dude, it's like uh, premeditated murder almost, you know? But for some reason, for some reason, well, we know the reason, is there's never been a better time to do this. So if I'm in a mob of 30 people, and I say mob not like in the old days, I say mob is like in a gathering of 30 people that all, all share the same agenda, and our target is to wreak havoc on people making their commutes. So like this guy in the truck. We we send five to the back, five to the front, so he can't move, and we have the other uh, 15, 20 people uh, pull him out of the truck and beat him senseless. But it's there's never been a better time to do it because of the lack of police presence. Because that wouldn't happen on a normal day uh, back in February. But now, yeah, it now, wouldn't. yeah, now with the defunding, all these cops walking off, there's never been a better time to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. It's at the point right now where our, the only thing I can say at this point is like for all y'all listening, stay safe out there. I'm not going to tell you whether you should buy a firearm or not, but you should decide how you are going to protect the ones that you love. And I really, I every gun owner, I feel like, believes that they really hope they will never ever have to use that firearm in their life. For sure. The ones that do, that hope they do, don't need to be having that firearm. I will say that. Yeah. There are plenty of people that I have met and that I know that I'm like, you don't need to be having this just because of your attitude. And I, I know it's a, it's a bad thing to say. It's like, oh, well, that means a certain amount of percentage of firearm owners should have them. Well, at the end of the day, it's really easy to talk the talk rather than walk the walk. This goes whether you are a gun owner or anything else in this life. And so you need to decide as, as a person, like, what are you willing to do to protect the ones you love? And I hope that I never have to be put in that position. Exactly. Because it's still, at the end of the day, it's a human life. It goes back to what sparked all of this, you know, for George Floyd's death, you know, back in, in late May, early June. It's still a human life. No matter like how much of the stuff that we're still finding out after the facts of how much he was on fentanyl and all this kind of stuff, that doesn't matter. Like every day, yeah, it makes him probably a less of a, a good person, and it definitely does for all the stuff that he was on or doing at the time. But it's still a human life that got snuffed out, and it's the same position you're going to be put in when you have a firearm or you don't have a firearm. So, you can still yeah. kill someone, you know, with a, a heavy club or an knife or anything else. Oh, no, totally. Uh, the problem is, is like they're still piggybacking off of the George Floyd thing when most of them, most of them aren't even out there for George Floyd. It's a free pass with a lack of police presence. So now there's never been a better time to ransack places, steal from places, wreak havoc. And uh, and I don't have to go to work. So I got time to do this shit because I'm, I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid just to be here and yank this dude out of the truck and beat him senseless because I got, you know, unemployment coming in. Um, Which is funny because that's changed now. It's down now down to 400 a uh, a week instead of 600. Yeah. So it's like a, what a couple, a couple hundred dollar hit, but there's still people living off of that. Probably not as much. That's that's true. 
probably not as much as the first wave because six hundred dollars a week is sweet for somebody that doesn't have to work at that point, right? And, yeah, uh, exactly. Probably not like support your your household suite, but support yourself uh, suite. Or if you have multiple people, yep. if you have multiple people in the household that were getting that first wave of unemployment, uh, then it, at that point it's probably you know uh, support the household good enough. Um, but now, yeah, you're right. So like a two hundred dollar hit, and but there's still there's people still you know getting it out there, but. How are people going to go back to work when you have places that, that are laying off, closing down 50% capacities, just trying to get by? So now there's never been more free time while you're making minimal, and then there's never been more tension because of what's coming up in November, and there's never been uh, a lack of this many police. So now it's yep. like now it's it's almost like, and I'm not I'm not advocating this, but it seems like it's like get it while you can. Yank this dude out of the truck while we got time, while we're not being, while we're, you know, don't have the attention on us. Um, and because I'm seeing, I'm seeing videos like this at an all time high. It's almost become an everyday thing where I wake up and I'm like, well, not the, like the first thing I do is get on my phone while I wake up or get on with my day. Sure. And I'm like, where's the new, where's the next video? And sure as shit, it's right there. New, new thing today. Now it's I either know. the new video or what's the next crazy thing that just happened for this month, like the uh, yeah. <laughs> the two hurricanes that are headed towards the uh, south of the United States. Oh, yeah, just in case we need more shit, right? <laughs> two hurricanes. <laughs> two hurricanes are heading here now because God's like, I'm so sick of y'all. We need to at least get rid of somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, goodness, man. He's like, I know I said we're, I'll, I'll never do a flood with a rainbow. But man, y'all are testament right now. Y'all are y'all are something else right now. And you know what's crazy about that is like, okay, so that's another thing, right? Hurricanes. That's another normal thing that people just accept in those locations that are hit heavy by hurricanes, right? They just live there yeah. every year and they're like, Well, it's hurricane season. It's just this big old you know, sky monster thing that comes in and circulates and drops a crap load of water and tears us up and we have to rebuild again. And it's like well, you know, you could move or, you know, you could like go somewhere else that doesn't that's not hit by a hurricane. And they're like, nope, this is home. And so it's like you get hit every year. I mean, for the people in Miami, my goodness. Right. Or or like, oh, yeah. Anywhere on the that, coast. I feel that like southern Florida board like area down there. It's like, my goodness, do you get hit all the time and people just kind of accept it, you know, and it's it's a weird thing because I've been through one or two hurricanes and they're awful. Um, I mean, that was one of the reasons I don't know for anybody that's not listening or that anybody that is listening. Uh, that was one of the reasons I had to go to four different high schools, five different high schools, uh, growing up, um, was because of hurricane Katrina. It moved my family around like crazy. It decimated businesses. It decimated a lot of stuff coming through that, uh, the, the Gulf, uh, area. And so like one, one hurricane did that. And it's like, y'all just go through that a lot. It's kind of trippy to me. Cause they always get hit, yeah. right? You know? So I don't know. Hurricanes are, hurricanes are weird. But what I think is weird too, um, also kind of cool is that people just take these hurricanes almost every year. It seems like, and they're just like, all right, ready for the next one. And it's that's like, all you can uh, do. Is I, I feel like it's either that or you keep moving and you keep having to up, you know, hill your life. And I feel like with <laughs> well, them, right. they, they brought, yeah, they're like, uh, you know what? If I got to put a couple extra boards, you know, once or twice a year, it ain't that big a deal. Well, think about this scenario, right? So think about this. Like, what if it wasn't Mother Nature, right? What if it was like this 
mob of a thousand dudes comes out and with super soakers and they flood, they flood the whole area <laughs> and they, they ruin all your plants and they, they flood your homes and, uh, and they use like, they, for some reason they got fire hydrant, like, or I'm sorry, fire department hoses. So they're just super soaking everything and flood your place and knock down all your trees, but they only come once a year. Would you live there? It's like, no, because there's, it's like a thousand dudes every year. No one ever stops them and they just come through. Well, it's the same thing as like living there with a hurricane, except they're not people. It's like this mother nature, uh, designed thing that comes out of the sky and it, pees on everybody to the point where their flooded homes are scooting down the road and their cars are submerged and, and trees are pulled over and everyone's devastated. And then they just rebuild and do it all over again. It's like, I don't know. I've always found that a little fascinating. You know, people are like, dude, uh, can't phase me. Well, it's like, well, clearly did Bob your, your, uh, your house is in shambles. It's like, I'll just build another one. Like I, those are committed people. Those are the people like we have. We, that's what we need to change for you to become president. You have to come from that kind of community. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> hey, we. It, it, yeah, that's a great point. He's like, bro, I've made it yeah. through twenty hurricanes. I can take on a nation. That's representative, fine. representative. Uh, I don't know what, what we would call him. Representative uh, Southern, and he has. He's been through nine hundred and sixty-eight hurricanes. Uh, I yeah, mean, you have a, to have a certain amount of hurricanes to make it through in order to qualify. Yeah, he was like, he was, Katrina, he said, was like a, a walk in the park. You know, it's <laughs> like, he's been through so many. I don't know. I've just always found it fascinating, but I, I guess it's the same for people that live in Tornado Alley. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure, all right, you know. so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's knock through a few topics before we get to some, uh, some good stuff. So one thing I just saw that I didn't even know was a, a thing is there is apparently a vaccine for COVID called AstraZeneca. Okay, hit me with this. I haven't heard this yet. Um, I just saw that on my news that I was looking at, and I'm seeing. It's a experimental uh, coronavirus vaccine developed in the UK for the use in the United States. Um, this is, again, this is CNBC, so I don't know how accurate it is, but I'm sure it's got some basis to it. Um... It says the availability of the vaccine before the U.S. presidential election could allow Trump to justify his administration handling the coronavirus, but that's an opinion piece. I just want to know what the details are. It says that it is a emergency use authorization for the vaccine, and it's developed by the Oxford University and the company AstraZeneca. Wow. I yeah, it's the first time I've, I've heard about it. Yeah, so it's coming from the UK. It's a new vaccine, and is Bill Gates anywhere near this? Um, I would say no, and the only reason why is because I know that um, for the last few months, um, the UK has been the leader in trying to develop a vaccine for COVID. Mm. Um, so as far as I know, I, I don't know about any backroom dealings or any like holdings and company-wise, but... As far as I know, um, Gates does not have any tie into any UK companies. Not okay, to say gotcha. it's not true, but I, f- from my personal standpoint, I have not seen the evidence of that. What if it was just hydroxychloroquine, but they just called it a different name? <laughs> and then it worked, and then they were like, see, you got scammed, and then the whole world had a civil war. No, I'm just kidding. 
I went too far with that. Uh, <laughs> nah, at this point, it, it would not surprise me. I mean, we've got hurricanes. Uh, oh, did you hear about the asteroid? Okay, here's a good one. Did you oh, hear about yeah, the asteroid? Dude, I did. <laughs> Let's man. talk about okay. this for a second. I can't believe I forgot that. I, dude, I was literally just reading <laughs> oh, that shit. Oh, man. Yeah, so there's an asteroid, and it's supposed to be here like on election day. Uh, no, the day before. The day before election day. <laughs> oh, my God. It's <laughs> I. <sighs> <laughs> Dude, I don't even this know what to year, think about I, I that. I don't understand any of I this. Do. Listen, now everyone can everyone listen to this right now. In one of the episodes, I don't care who it is, find it and message me. I said there's going to be a big bang in November. I said this. <laughs> and I had no idea. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, and I want to say the the destruction they they estimated was like half the planet or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think they said it was, it was like point two five percent, but I'm like that's so. There's a chance it could happen. Somebody's <laughs> it's out not there like, right now. It's not like the the typical things you've seen in the past where it's like, oh yeah, it's like point zero 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 five six percent chance that could happen. It's like nah, that's like a quarter of a percent. I'm like, um, that's a little higher than I'm used to, and I feel comfortable with. <laughs> Dude. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, that would send, I mean, if that, if this article is true, cause I've read it too. Um, I think maybe we read it on different sites. I don't know. But, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people that were in the comment section on the particular article I was reading on this asteroid were saying that it's Jesus. This is him coming back in an asteroid. And I was like, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the comment section does it wasn't in this article but they're like you know jesus said he was gonna come back um but i was like but not in an asteroid right like i don't know i i mean it, this is i mean people probably you know it's believe- like someone in nasa is like okay we can we can only show three people in this room because that's who's all qualified and cleared for to see this there's a man on top of the asteroid and we have no idea what's going on He's dressed in white. He's got like Just lassoed on it. Like he's riding like a horse and he's headed for this planet. That's that's how Jesus is coming back. I just want to tell y'all that's what's happening. That's it right there on an asteroid. I mean, well, I mean, people, it's, you know, 2020 has been great. Um, not really. So I think this is for the best. I think half the planet goes away. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thanos is on his way to get rid of this shit and, uh, I, dude, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, I'm joking on it, but if this is for reals, right? Um, yeah, I'll save I'll save a lot of the meat and potatoes of what I'm gonna say for our episode ten conspiracy plug. Um, yeah, but- let's talk about that for for a second. So Pat and I have talked about. Um, if you didn't know by now, we are in love, or at least me personally, in love with um, conspiracies. Not to say that any of them really have a ton of evidence or truth to them, but you know, in this day and age, you got to have some fun with stuff, right? I mean, everything. I mean, dude, there's, I have a love hate relationship with, with conspiracies. I love them because they're fun. And then I start to hate them when I start to do my own research on it. And too much adds up with conspiracies. Now, not everyone. There's a lot of laughable ones out there. There's a lot of ones that have a good start when you start to research them, and then you hit a a brick wall. But then there's a few 
that that are out there. There's a couple confirmed ones that we've talked about previously. MK Ultra, Operation Midnight Climax, that were listed as conspiracies. People were hum- publicly humiliated for these, and then it turned out they were true. So that's the fun and not so fun part about conspiracies is that you can go down rabbit trails and you can start to confirm a lot of things and go, wow, this adds up, this adds up, and this adds up. And then you start to go, whoa, too much makes sense here. Am I going crazy? And then you start to like, it starts to affect you because you feel like you might be the only one that knows. And then again, you might not be the only one that knows. And and then you start to go, well, too much adds up here, too much adds up. Why aren't we doing anything about this? So I feel yeah. like I feel like every conspiracy that you'll ever get into, um, it always has a brick wall because if it is a real conspiracy, there's gonna be plenty of powerful people that don't want you to hear it. If it's not a if it's not one like a really good credible conspiracy, then you're just gonna hit a brick wall and you've wasted your time. So I do love them. I do hate them, but there's a lot of interesting ones out there, and there's a lot of ones that ha- that uh, f- that end with cliffhangers, so you never really know the the end result uh, be- due to new information or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, Michael, why don't you tell them about what we're planning for on episode 10? Yeah, so episode 10, we're going to be doing a very special conspiracy episode. This is going to be one where it's no holds bar. We can talk about anything. Um, I don't know about Pat, but I've found a few that are kind of close to home in the sense of like has to do with the state of Texas. I found some other ones where like they were based on real events that have actually happened. They've been in the news, but there's some stuff that just doesn't make sense. Like there's one I'm going to talk about that happened. That happened to do with uh, West Texas. There was a chemical plant explosion. Um, and I have some firsthand knowledge from someone who was um, a conductor on a train in that area. Um, who was there, I think, a couple days after the event and, you know, saw, you know, ATF and FBI agents over there and a bunch of crazy stuff that he was telling me that I was like, wow, I didn't know about this. So sometimes conspiracies are not just crazy stuff that there are um, reptilian people in the government or your next door neighbor. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) it's just some stuff. <laughs> Reptilian people. I'm, I'm dude, that they're one under your me. house. <laughs> <laughs> they come to you in your sleep. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> uh, sometimes there's just some stuff that doesn't add up, um, and, and and stuff that gets covered up, or or who knows. I mean, it could be innocent, and again, it, it may not be. So episode ten is going to be a fun one. That one might go a little bit longer than a normal. Um, Pat and I have talked about. We're just going to not kind of tell each other exactly what we're going to talk about just so we can kind of bounce off some ideas and theories and just have some fun with it. Again, at the end of the day, that's all we try to do with our podcast. We just try to have some fun. You know, if we talk about some crazy stuff, you don't have to believe us. It's okay. Sometimes we're like, um, I don't think I believe what Mike is talking about right now at all, but we'll talk about it. So yeah, that's what, that's what we're going to do that. You're essentially listening to two people uh, just cast their ideas off of each other, and we're happy to have you in the room. But we also welcome if you don't agree with us, uh, and that's why we have an email. We are the guilty party at gmail.com. Also, yep. if you want to hit that email up, you can talk crap to us. You can tell us what you like about the show, but you can also tell us any conspiracies you want us to research for that episode 10. Um, and I will personally take on one or two and do some rough research on it for that uh, for anybody that requests it. So. 
get it in while you can, or you can uh, direct message me or Micah on Instagram or Facebook. Yep. So that's right. Um, okay. All right. Do you have anything you want to let's fire off some, uh, some quick topics. Um, so we've talked about the, uh, the vaccine that I didn't know about and we just found out about. We've talked about the uh, hurricane. You got anything else that uh, you want to talk about? No, I do want to say this, though, is I feel like right now, right now we're in the fulcrum point. So there's always a huge, uh, I should say, drama, drama filled story or just a big thing that comes out. It seems like every few months. Well, we are we're the news is clearly over the George Floyd case. They bring it up here and there. It was a huge thing. You couldn't escape it. It was everywhere on every tabloid. They milked it to death. Um, obviously, COVID is mainstream news to go to updates on COVID. Here's COVID, COVID, COVID. But I feel like because of we know that the mainstream media is a business, they are not they are not a full free like service for us. They are a business and they need you to watch their stuff uh, so they profit. So I feel like in just this is just my radar that here in the next coming days, maybe even weeks, there's going to be a drama filled story that sends us back into a state of panic again. Um, and if it's not panic, a state of anger, a state of of something Something to add to it, because like I've said before, and I'll beat it like a dead horse, is that I feel like everything is a buildup for November. And so they're not going to let September and October months go by without nothing. Is If this is politicized, which I do believe it is, um, there's going to be something that comes out in the woodwork. We're in, we're in a, a wicked time, folks. Is it the end times? I don't necessarily believe that. I think there's been worse times in this life, but we are in one hell of a time. And that's for sure. And right now, a lot of things are starting to die as far as businesses, as far as just uh, public appeal, public opinion on certain things. We don't have many, many resources to go to, to be outraged for. And America loves being outraged. And so I think here in the next coming weeks or months, get ready for another one because there's no way we coast into November. We're going we're gonna to be bombshelled into it, and then then there's an asteroid on the way. So there's a lot of <laughs> shit to prepare for. We, I mean, the asteroid veers off. You still have to – we're still going through everything that we're going through. And, so you're saying uh, I should finish building the bunker in the bottom of my house? No, I'm saying you should, but you should also have a TV <laughs> down there so you don't get stuck. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, because you never what know what's going to happen. Wasn't there a story we were talking about a long time ago? I think we were on tour, but these people built a bunker for like some crazy thing and then they stayed down there and didn't they cut off contact from everybody and they thought everyone was dead in the world and then they came up out of the bunker and then they realized that the world continued without them and then they had to relearn how to live in society. I think I don't know about the US, but I do remember a story similar to that. Um in the 80s or 90s in Russia, this this dude um, built a bunker and just cut off um, communication with the outside world. Came out like 20 years later and like, yeah, the Cold War is done. Like, we're all good. What have you been doing? He's like, well, I was uh, waiting for, uh, I don't know, the Russia to take over the U.S. or something like that. Was so. he Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> <laughs> he he might, it might have been his so uh, like- twin uh, adopted brother. Listen, dude, this is such a racially motivated time. I don't even like saying Arnold's last name anymore. You know, 
like, oh, it's so bro, weird. Okay, so you, know? you, you got to listen to, uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday, The Brilliant Idiots, and they were talking about, um, they were making jokes about the, which I know sounds bad, and just to clarify, it's a, a black guy and a white guy. They, they do this podcast every week. But they were talking about uh, the N-word and how um, there are certain words that I'll feel comfortable with saying, and one that was uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Even though it's like Swatch and I'm gonna get hate for this probably Nager and not the uh, the N I G word, and it's like uh, I don't know what you mean, Micah. Do we have, really have to really like start I'm worrying about some of stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got canceled by the way. <laughs> no, dude, it's freaking weird, right? It's just like it's totally I don't know. It's funny because uh, one of my gym. One of my gym partners at, at my gym here, I haven't worked out with him in a while, but me, he, you know, he's African-American and, uh, and dude, he's, he's a, he's a funny dude, but I, I even talked to him and I mentioned Arnold and he was the one that told me, he's like, do you, is it weird when you say his last name? I was like, dude, it totally is. Like, I don't, <laughs> cause what if you mispronounce it and you're like, I was just saying Arnold, then it's too late, bro. They drag you out of your truck and then they stomp you to death. And you're like, damn it, dude. He was, a, he was the Terminator. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, I met Terminator. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just crazy ass times. But um, yeah, uh, I know. Where do, where, um, do we, where do we go from here? As far as um, dude, I think. All right. So me and you, musicians, everyone knows. I think yep. touring is going to be toast for a while, bro. I do. I I'm going to say this. I know that everyone's going to have their one offs, but I don't see the majority of anything picking up until. Early to late early uh, 2021. Like as far as like, yeah, one offs for sure, because you can pop in and pop out and you're back home. But like tours, right? Like you're gone for an extensive amount of time, like 30 dates, right? Yeah. I mean, even the one offs are, are starting to get a little sketchy. Um, I don't know if you heard, but the the Chainsmokers hosted some. It was an outdoor event, like, you know, almost like a, a drive in theater of sorts. But the problem is. People start getting out of their cars. They weren't social distancing. They got um, in trouble. I think they even got fined a bunch of stuff. And so it's going to make you wonder, like, okay, does that mean the one-offs are going to resort to so many people or you have to ensure, you know, social distancing guidelines? That's going to be interesting to see. There's going to be so many loopholes, or I mean, not loopholes. There's going to be so many hurdles to play music that it's not even going to be worth it. They're going to be like, you have to put this in place. Uh, I know you're traveling 10,000 miles to get there, but only 100 people can be in the venue. Uh, and that's including crew. That's including this. So you're going to have like 70 people watching you max. You know, it'll be so, it'll just get so out of hand that people won't even book them anymore because essentially what they don't want, I mean, just look outside, is people gathering. So even if yeah. even if they are abiding by social distancing rules, abiding by all the rules, like they still don't want it, you know, so they're going to there's going to be a new rule put in place here. There's going to be a fine for the venue. I mean, there's fines for venues. I mean, hosting this stuff. And so it's putting venues oh, like yeah. mass, a lot of venues, you know, out of business and stuff. Um, so everything's everything's affected by it. But I all think it was stimulated for uh, election season, man. And so why I keep saying that is because it's so shitty that for political gain, they would use civilians to take the bullets. You know? Yeah. It's, dude, it's messed up. But it's also a small percentile of people that run Washington, D.C. So at which point, and I'm not asking for anarchy, 
I'm not asking for physical violence. I'm saying at which point or at what point do we start putting pressure on the politicians that are running our lives into the fucking ground? Like, well, see, no one, you know, no one's answered that. That's the odd thing because it's like I, I was thinking about this the last couple of weeks of when you have a, a people, an economy, a nation that has had enough with how their government's been acting. How do you go about because it's not like you can like email like, OK, person higher than the government or person higher than the president at gmail.com for them to actually get off their butt and do something and make a difference. How how does change happen? Because it's it's a very odd and weird line because you either go one way of like, okay, we got to go to violence, to, to protest, to physically doing something about it, or we go the other way where we just make it big up people in some type of vocal way. Like what actually makes makes the changes? Because the, the problem that I've seen is I've seen people on both sides. They say, well, it's the other party that's hindering from us to make the changes, um, you know, this is why we can't get this done. I'm like, but this is coming from people, um, that have been here for, you know, 20 to 40 years. Like, okay, here's one thing. Like, I know, I think we need more young people in the government. Like as much as we all want to hate on, um, AOC, like she, she does have a lot of flaws and there's something, there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with, but I at least can appreciate her, um, not yeah i guess say veracity and like her her, her um, energy right now like every time in, in i see Texas, aoc speak yeah every time i yeah, listen yeah. to her speak i hate me. i know it's a weird I thing know. it's like it's like well it's like every time she speaks i'm like men are the worst men are awful and i'm like i don't i don't know if this is good because you know, like all she does is like hate on men it's like oh I'm yeah no no that, I'm here I, I, that, a lot of that stuff, thing. like I, I, I don't understand and I don't get. But like with her, with uh, Dan Crenshaw, he's um, isn't that the uh, the guy that has one eye? Yeah, he's a. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if he's a senator. I think he's a representative of Texas, but he's a young guy too. He's he's, he's in his thirties, and he's really reasonable in a lot of stuff. Um, I, I think we just need to see more young people. If anything. I would say that we would put a policy or a law in place that you can only serve for like a year or two. And I know that sucks because you're like, oh, you can't get that much accomplished in a year. Well, the reason why, and I heard this, this stat a while ago, is like for presidents, you really only spend about 18 to 24 months um, getting your policies in place. The rest of the time you spend are campaigning to either make a second term or to get that term in the first place. Right. So it's like if you're so- limited down to a year, then it's like, well, and you're not allowed to um, get reelected. Then it's like, okay, well, the only thing you have to do is spend that 12 to 18 months, if, whether it's one or two years, to actually get policies in place, you know, that are helping your um, constituents and people that got you elected in the first place. The problem is we've made um, pol- uh, politicians become a career, and it should be a, a duty. And that's what it used to be. Like when we first founded this nation, you know, in 1776. We had all this stuff in place. A lot of people that were like, you know, presidents, including George Washington, he didn't want to become president. People that were representatives, that were senators, you know, in, in the, the years to come, they didn't necessarily want to be there, but they wanted to have change. And we've gotten to the place where it's like, you you basically decide like, okay, hey, these are the type of jobs that I can make, you know, over 200000 a year, and being a politician is one of them. You just happen to help 
you know, people if you decide to do that. So when do we actually make that change? Yeah, it's weird that we have people that are 40 plus years in uh, as a politician. It's like, well, doesn't anybody review them in the states that they governed or the or the the policies they passed or the policies they didn't and and see if they're worthy of 40 plus years? You know, like if they if they're not getting anything done in there, then they're just sitting. They're just sitting and wasting that seat. Um, so, yeah, I think there needs to be because right now what it seems to me, especially with the stimulus stuff is it seems like we are so lax on our politicians. Yeah, on Twitter we're harsh on them. But like they get a they get what seems to be a cakewalk as far as they get to take their breaks during the stimulus stuff. They nice and cozy salaries, bro. They get to go to DC, nice suits and they get that 200,000 a year. It's like, yo, um nice. Yeah, you can take your break. But remember that the people that got you elected are the ones that you're screwing over because it takes a majority vote to win a vote and uh, except in a presidency with electoral college. But with politicians, well, it's like senators, while you guys were taking your break, my energy bill just went through while you were taking your break. I still had mm-hmm. to make a car payment. And, and while you're taking your break, I still had to pay my water bill straight up. And it's like, well, we're going to yeah, we're going to take a break. You know, my water bill's good. So. Really care about yours, Micah. Um, you yeah. Know, uh, if you want to, just you know, make sure you social distance and wear your mask. That's all they're gonna tell you. Else we'll so get left. Like, I know, dude. Like <laughs> it's it's a bad thing, and they wonder why people hate politicians so much. Well, they're proving it. They're giving us every reason right now. Um, I mean, you know, well, and and while no. and while society is in shambles, uh, they're not making it any easier. Easier. So we haven't found any light at the end of the tunnel so to speak so everyone's looking for like give me something to believe in here yeah and And i will say the one good thing to me like you've always got to find some type of light at the end of the tunnel otherwise you just get so desensitized on, on everything else i think the one of the good things that we've seen about this year and one maybe good thing you can see out of this pandemic as i think that people are starting to open their eyes to how it doesn't matter what political party you affiliate with like they really don't have your best interest at heart and i know that's weird because it makes me sound like a a centrist or a libertarian or anything like that i'm like no there's a lot of things of all the parties that i i I agree with and i sympathize sympathize with but i think people are starting to see like it doesn't matter how much you say like the democratic party has your interest at heart it doesn't matter how much you say that the uh republicans are, are trying to protect your rights and all that kind of stuff because in the, the day they're they're still a politician. They're still doing the same things they've been doing for years upon years. It's just two different ideals that are are coming to battle with each other, and they're not willing to to find a, a middle ground. And so I think we we've seen it like we're down now to out of all of the millions of people that could be our president, all of them, and that's not even to talk about the argument whether being a president actually makes a difference or not. This is just in general terms. We have Trump. Donald Trump, who, you know, say what you want about him, he's got his flaws. And then we also have Joe Biden, which say what you want about him, but he's got his flaws. But both of those flaws are out of this freaking world. And then don't even get me started. Like, um, everyone's like, oh, you should vote third party, vote third party. I'm like, have you seen the third party candidate? She's not any better than those two. Well, the problem is is we've set this. We've set a precedent where 
to get a rightful person in office, they have almost got to be squeaky clean. They've got to be perfect on all accounts. You can't backlog them on the things they've done. I don't think it's even that. I think it's that those both of those parties have decided who they want, and that's who they're going to put in place. Like when it comes well, to like the, the Democratic Party, like Andrew Yang, I I liked some of his stuff. Like I didn't quite agree with all his universal income stuff, but he seemed to have his you know head on his shoulders, and they scooted him by, and then they definitely boned Sanders. You know I didn't well, like Sanders, but at the end of the day, that's that's who they ended up going with. Is they scooted him out and they chose Biden. Well, that's just the thing is because anybody that is qualified to do it, anybody that has groundbreaking policies, anybody that's really confident in their skin, that is a threat to both parties because you're putting in somebody uh, as commander, chief and commander of the most powerful army in the world, the most powerful everything, right? America. Yeah. And you're putting one person in in charge of all of that. So you got to make sure... Because you're in, you're in either party, you have to make sure they're controllable to a sense. That's why it makes, in, in my opinion, that's why it makes Biden such a great candidate for the DNC. It's because the dude can barely talk. So they're going to hand him some shit and be like, read this to the best of your abilities. You know damn well you can't write anything. Here's a, here's a <laughs> child. Here's a child you can sniff. And then after you're done doing that, read this and then go home and take your diabetes medication. You know, like he is very controllable. So put him in. We'll get all of our agendas passed because essentially a president is just a face. They are the person that takes the grunt of all the blame. And when they pass something, nobody gives a shit. When the, when any president in the world has done something good, everyone's like, as you should be. But when they do something bad, they're like, oh, my God, I can't get the pitchforks out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be it, for any president. That's any president. No one can do the job. It's an impossible job to do. It's dumb that anybody wants to do it, but somebody has to do it. Here's the thing is that when you when they're grooming them, which is all these debates in the in the primaries and stuff, and they're and they're grooming the candidate who they want to represent that political party, they have to make sure the people that are behind them in the other seats that you see in the shadows, those people want somebody that's not going to be hard to control. They want somebody that they can get their policies in, a buddy-buddy. And if that person is showing like Tulsi Gabbard was, like, uh, I don't, you're not going to control me. I got heat on everybody. I, f- I was military. You can't do this. That's a person they don't want, so they outed her quick. Yeah. You know? And so they and want she, somebody. She was a decent candidate. Like, there's a lot of stuff I didn't agree with her, but, like, I could understand where she was coming from, and she was a lot more sympathetic to people that didn't um, agree with her. And the same thing with the Republican Party. I mean, you're telling me that out of all the people that I'm sure they've submitted to become president, Trump is the only one left? I mean, there wasn't anyone else that was a nominee that happened to be just competing with Trump. That was it. Trump's got a cult following, but he's also got something. He also put it on the pedestal that you're not going to control me. And that's what America wants is they wanted that transparency. For years. That's why there's something called the silent majority, which is funny that a lot of people don't really believe in the silent majority. I mean, Donald Trump is a real thing. It's a real thing. And so there is a silent majority out there. And so you can be this this very loud person. This you can be this following, following, following. But you forget about the silent ones and the silent ones are the ones that really move shit in the background. They're the ones that do 
in majority and they're the ones that make decisions and stuff. But here's the thing is that Trump was not a controllable person. He went after his whole thing on drain the swamp was everything America wanted was screw these career politicians, screw the corruption at the White House, screw, screw, screw this. And then now let's implement somebody that's not a career politician. That's really a hard ass, but he also shares views that I like. And so it was like, boom, yeah. that's why he that's why he worked. And so now the DNC's fighting him with Joe Biden and Camilla Harris now. And so those, yeah. those and, two people, and here's a hot take that I think that right now the the election, because right now it's still really close. Like everyone was saying for a while that it was gonna be um, you know, Biden was gonna win, like he's he's had this. But two things. One, I think that everyone is is starting to see the same thing that happened towards the end of uh, 2016 when Trump won or beginning whatever the year was. Um, and then two, I mean, like it, it even goes down to the point where if you go to my bookie, which I was listening to this on a podcast, the, um, the bets that are for who's going to win the election. I think <laughs> Trump has like 10 or 15 more than um, Biden right now. And I was like, oh, well, it's just a betting website. Well, like at the end of the day, that's still people who are betting, like, because they think, like, hey, whether they agree with them or not, that's who they think is going to win, and they're going to win a good amount of money on it. Yeah. Sec- secondly, like you mentioned with the silent majority, right now, I think that whoever's going to win in November still has to figure out how they're going to address that. Because at the end of the day, the silent majority are made up of people who are, you know, making America run right now. That has to do with the farmers, the manufacturers, the construction, all the people that don't give a crap about, you know, how you feel left or right on the, you know, the Internet. The bottom line is they have to make a living and they have to make that shipping because the shipment that they have, whether it's in Kansas, Texas, you know, New York or California, that has to go to some other state, which provides some type of, um, you know, whether it's communication, a service or some type of supply for them. So that's the people that I think that Biden and Trump is going to have to go back after. Because think about it. You know, that's who Trump, that's what his campaign, you know, strategy was, that platform back, um, you know, four years ago. So right now, you've had the last three or four years where the Internet has gone off the rails on everything. You've got social um, culture, which is supposedly starting to control and move things. So now both of those parties are trying to appease both um, that the aspect, the social culture. And then for getting like, okay, but most of the people in the U.S. don't care about that. I, I think the amount of people that are actually giving a crap about what happens online is like maybe 10 to 15% of the United States. So out of 300 million people in the United States, you've got 10, 15% of that. The rest of them like, yeah, they have their opinions. They have their thoughts about it. But at the end of the day, they're just doing their life. And they're not worrying about how that affects their bottom line. So my thing is like, yeah. how, 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 excuse me, how are those two um, parties, how are those two candidates going to address, you know, the, the everyday American, you know, whether it's an everyday American who thinks, you know, totally left or the other one that thinks totally right. How are you going to address their bottom line? Well, and I think whoever, that's going to be an th- odd thing. I think whoever brings down the asteroid is going to win. Boom. Because, 
It's coming a day before. Wouldn't that be the shit of it? Like, we're all waiting on the results, and it's like, oh, there's an asteroid, guys. Sorry. It's like all this <laughs> damn stress, all this pandemicness, just to be taken out with an a- by an asteroid. That's like, that's like somebody holding a gun to the back of your head and robbing you, and they're like, I'm going to shoot you if you move, and then a train hits you. Like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even, <laughs> like you know, like, I, there was no way I could have won that. I mean, that's what's going on right now. We got a gun to the back of our head and a train's on our way and we're on the tracks. What you know? if like, they made their platform like, hey, we're going to figure out how to avoid this asteroid. That That's exactly. all. Well, hey, they bypassed hey, everything the else. They're like, hey, hey, don't worry about everything else. This asteroid is what we have to figure out how we're going to address. So my platform thing, is dude. I will spend $10,000 per household to build you a basement to survive. Dude. Here's the thing, man. Trump a year ago started Space Force. He's the only one that can save us now. Okay, let's talk about that for a second because I know (laughs) we're running low on time, but I'm like, Space Force. I heard this a while back. Or not a while back. I heard this a couple weeks ago. They're like, what if he started Space Force? Because the government knows some stuff about some aliens. I mean, we just saw that the DOD has passed that information that a lot of these videos have come out that they... They're saying Pentagon these, confirmed. Yeah, Pentagon has confirmed that these vehicles are not of this world. Exactly. So what so if? Hold on. So yeah, say go that ahead. right there. Say that one more time for the kids in the back. All right. The Pentagon so has confirmed. Pentagon has confirmed that these videos that have come out and the things that you've seen in the sky, that these are vehicles not of this world. That they can. They so, are not confirmed as that they are Chinese or Russians, which honestly would be more terrifying. But also doesn't make any sense because I'm like, if I was a Russian and I had all these crazy like um, spaceships, why would I be flying them, scaring random people in the middle of the night? If I wanted to be a superpower, I would establish and put the freaking, you know, spaceship on the White House lawn and just blow it up. So the pilot, the pilot that captured that footage that the Pentagon, mind you, for people that are listening, the Pentagon confirmed this footage. They said these these ships or these vessels are not from this world. This is Pentagon confirmed. Everyone, well, not everyone, but mainstream media, boom, once again, staying remarkably consistent, didn't put that story out at all. So people had to go through sub articles and find them. But this is backed up by the Pentagon that they're saying these ships, these whatever they were, these vessels are not from this world. And everyone was just like, oh, 2020 seems legit. But here's the thing. (laughs) Is we had a pilot, he went on a Joe Rogan podcast, which I listened to in depth of his takes, and he said that these vessels, they circulated around the area, they noticed it, it came up on radar that these vessels, these ships, blocked their communication systems, which, mind you, is an act of terrorism, so if anybody did that, if they were Chinese and stuff, that would be an act of war right there. You're jamming comms, and and then they couldn't... and then they couldn't catch up to it in that it was maneuvering and it was on and the way it moved was not of this world. And then the Pentagon comes out months, months later and confirms this. So we clearly have. A- well, I'll take it a step farther. So, um, you know, people can say what they want. Like, oh, it's just a video. It's not true. Maybe he didn't have enough oxygen up there. Whatever it is. Senator Marco Rubio has a committee where he's uh, investigating all the funds that are being put towards all these um, UFO uh, research. So basically mm. two things. One, he's wanting to find out, you know, what else has been used for. And two, he's wanting to answer like, okay, well, what do we have so far? 
Because as we know, you know, with the government, unless you're cleared on a certain thing, you know, I mean, you can watch the videos, you know, going back and forth. I mean, even with Clinton, with Bush, with Reagan and, you know, um, Jimmy Carter, they've tried to get information on Area 51 and stuff. And basically they've been told like, hey, you're not cleared for that. And this is the president of the United States. Now you can say like, hey, I don't believe that. Uh, At the day, you've got to try to figure out something of what the truth is. And to me, it's like, I think that there's so much stuff that's blacked opt um, that's, you know, on a a black budget that you're not going to be known about because it has nothing to do with you running the, the United States, you know, every day. Yes. And okay. I mean, and that, that goes back to my thing about the space force. I'm like, okay, why would you randomly start a space force? Because to me, it's like, okay, we haven't had anything like a space war in a while. You know, we stopped going to the moon. I mean, we, we sent astronauts up, you know, every once in a while, but it wasn't anything active. And then all of a sudden, Trump's like, we're going to start Space Force. You don't see, I haven't seen any evidence that, you know, China or Russia have just randomly started sending, you know, satellites or not satellites, but astronauts up and stuff like that. So it's like, okay. So what do you know that we don't know that you're having to send this up? Well, I'll tell you, man, the, you know, at Washington, D.C., just in the White House, they know a shitload more. They know a lot more than the common civilian. Our own military knows a lot more than the common civilian. So here's the thing. And I'm just going to go into my real talk, homie, because it ties into this, too. Um, we, We have lived our lives some for so long, some 20 years, 10 years, me 30 on this, on this earth. And sometimes you can get caught up and be like, well, I just go, go to work or I play, play shows and I come home and life's all about family. And, uh, and then, you know, you work hard and you try to make it in life. And that's just, that's perfect. That's fine. Those are great qualities. But the thing is, is you get caught up going, this is life. This is how it's always been. And I know everything because I see it with my own eyes. I wake up, I hit the highway, the lines are painted, everyone knows how to stay in line. I stop when it says red and I go when it's green and I try to make it if it's yellow. And you start to get caught up in this as far as like, well, this is this is life. Like, I got it all figured out. The thing is, and what we're learning with this Pentagon stuff, is it's not everything you think. There's so much going on behind the scenes. You're presented what they want to present you what they want you to think. And then when you start digging up other things, you're called the conspiracy theorist. So you're beaten or humiliated. So you fall back in line. And then people, people like distance from you because they're like, oh, that guy's crazy. Why? Because he talks about things that, that make you think things that weren't on CNN or Fox news and actually made you think because you're so caught up in your perfect utopia that when you, when you think about these specific issues, they throw you into some cognitive dissonance or they throw you into a very, very uncomfortable state of mind. And that's like, well, that's not what I want to hear. That's that's uh, that kind of takes me away from my Pleasantville mentality. And the thing is, is like with this Pentagon con- confirming that these vessels, these ships are not from this world is we clearly don't know everything about this world because our most state of the art uh, planes, fighter jets that this pilot was in couldn't come anywhere near to this thing. Couldn't come, couldn't track it because it was jamming comms. It had technology that we couldn't even come close to. 
And yeah, of course, we can say China because we all believe that they have the best technology and stuff. But he was saying even China wouldn't have stuff like this. China couldn't do that. Yep. This, this and that. And so people need to realize, and if you're listening to this, realize you do not know everything about this life. I do not know anything about this life. I'd be willing to wager that we know 1% of, of what really goes on in this world and how this world really works. Because the more you open your eyes up to it, the more you go down these rabbit holes, the more conspiracies start to look delightful. The more that you start to question things. And uh, it's not that you become bitter, it's just you become more aware. But we get stuck in this perfect utopia of everything's Disney and this is how the world should be. And it's, yeah, it's how the world should be. It doesn't mean it is. Uh, for the longest time, everybody that went to church worshipped Jesus and, and thinking he was white. And it's like, well, the more research you do, the more research you, you start to see that he's black. So how many people out there that worship Jesus as white don't really worship him as hard anymore because he's black? I mean, that's a real thing. And so here's the thing is that your whole life that you've lived, it's not essentially a lie, but at some point in your life, you've been lied to and you believed it and you've went years believing that lie. Now, it doesn't mean on major subjects that it could be very, very small ones. But you need to start questioning things. And it doesn't mean you need to reject everything that comes your way because you're you're starting to just be cautious. You're overly cautious to the point where you're living in fear. No, you just need to look at things objectively and realize that this perfect world you live in has been designed that way from the United States of America, all the way from media, all the way to what you can listen to in your car, all the way to what you see every day. Everything's formulated. You got lines to stay in on the highway. You got lights that tell you when to stop. But there's a lot more to the picture than you're seeing. So all I'm saying is I'm urging everybody just to be more aware, not accept everything, but also question not everything, but question anything that you that you feel questioning. The, when you get stuck into your routine of this is what I believe and, th- and I'm not willing to grow because I got life figured out, you just screwed yourself right there. You literally just took the biggest back step of your life because not growing uh, or not reading articles like the Pentagon confirming and accepting these things to be true is only hurting you because ultimately we all want the answers in life. So when we start hiding ourselves from real answers like this Pentagon thing that is confirming that there's things not from this world out there. And the only thing that we know that's not in this world that we can touch is the moon. And we haven't even been past that. So we we're going to be selfish enough to think that nothing can come in from past that. I'd be willing to wager the opposite. So uh, I'm not here to be the aliens or real guy, but I'm not <laughs> counting them out. So that's my real talk for today. <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, you never know. I would you not be know, surprised man. if I, I see a news article, you know, on Thursday of next week saying, okay, we uh, found some random stuff that we can't explain. Who knows? Well, dude, we got a we got a meteor on our way to wipe out half the planet. So uh, let's get a barbecue in before we die. <laughs> We're gonna definitely gonna do one. Uh, and, <laughs> in fact, I'm doing a barbecue in October. I know. I got your invite, bro. I said maybe because I play hard to get. I I, I knew you would. Yeah, I, I, I was I wasn't holding my breath on you. I know you'll show Even up if randomly in- last minute. You're like, yeah, we'll you- see. Even if I'm in the same room and you sent me that request, I'd still say maybe. And then give you a look. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, it's in five minutes. Maybe. Maybe I'll leave. <laughs> you said you're going to be here for an hour. The thing's in five minutes. Ah, Maybe I'll be here. 
It's how I roll, bro. You That's never right. give too much. Just kidding. I'll be there. That's right, bro. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, I don't have a real talk for this week. I'll Aliens have one. are real. Aliens Sorry. could be real. <laughs> you never know. I can't it's say yes or no. Okay, I'll, I'll, this this will be my uh, real talk, and I'll do this in fifteen seconds. Maybe don't buy a gun. Maybe maybe buy one. I don't know. That's up to you. Um, protect your family. Kiss your kids. Yes. Kiss your wife. You know. Yep. Um, we know, we're not guaranteed anything in this world. Uh, we should know that. I mean, every week we never know what news article is going to pop up. Uh, some new disease, some new war, some new tragedy. Um, and it could be someone else's, you know, family member. It could be yours tomorrow. You never know. Um, so just appreciate the time you have on this earth and make the best of it. Um, be creative. Get out there and do stuff. Learn new things. I have spent... This entire quarantine uh, pandemic, not being lazy, um, and instead of I'll liken it to this, um, I heard this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, this comedian was telling um, his audience of, you know, when this pandemic hit, a lot of the comedians went home and just waited it out. And he was like, "No, nah, this is the time to get to work. This is the time to get out and do different things and and go out and kill it." And not to say you got to accomplish everything in one day or one month, but when you start putting the the time into it, like what I've been doing, and and figuring out like what do you want to do in a year, what do you want to accomplish in six months, next week, tomorrow, and start putting that in place, that work is going to pay off eventually. And when you get to sit back and like, okay, this is what I've accomplished, and this is how it's benefiting me, you're going to appreciate the time. You're going to appreciate the time that you didn't spend on your butt just sitting around like hoping for like, oh man, I'll be glad when this pandemic's over. Well, while you were doing that, I was working my butt off doing things, getting work done. Whether it's learning, it could be something as simple as just learning how to <laughs> change out a, a pipe in your um, in your sink. Or it could be something learning a, a new hobby or something else for work that's going to benefit you at some point in some way down the line. So, you know, my real talk is get out there, do some work, learn something new, hug your kids, kiss your wife, and just appreciate life and be good to your neighbor. That's all. That's all I got. That's all I got, Pat. Hey, man. Dude, that's, that was the, uh, that was a good 15 seconds. Yeah, it was probably a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that was great. Uh, I mean, with everything going on, dude, uh, I, I sympathize with every one of those, uh, you know, and especially uh, it's not confirmed yet. But as soon as people start jumping on the confirmation that this asteroid's on the way, I think that that message will rain clearer than ever is because we've learned that everything can be taken away from us with this pandemic. And if this asteroid that's coming is for real, then we can learn that it can all be half the planet can be taken away in a second. So if there's never been a better time to be a better person. And now I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And uh, if you disagree with that, please hit me up or hit us up at we are the guilty party at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening to episode nine. Like we said earlier in the podcast, episode 10 is going to be full of conspiracies. We're going to hit you at the woodwork with them. So mm-hmm. if you want to want to get in any conspiracies, hit that email up again at we are the guilty party at gmail.com and uh, let us know any ones you want us to research on. I'm ex- I'm willing to accept one or two and do some rough research on it for a fan request. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll tackle this bad boy. But thank you guys. Um, something I do want to say 
is that after episode 10, we're going to take a little break um, as far as from the podcast thing to better our podcast content. We're starting to go to video. So me and Micah are going to be working to put this together. Uh, we always said we wanted yep. to get our feet wet with 10 episodes and we're about to hit that. And after that, we're going to start upgrading. So we want to do some video and start bringing you guys some cooler content and uh, we're gonna gonna get to work on that but uh it all starts with getting episode 10 in the bag episode 9 is complete at this point and uh we're signing off we love you guys all right we'll see y'all later be good say ya bye